0: When you meet someone, do you wonder about their story? If you're like me, you're always interested in the lives, hopes, and dreams of people. Stories Connect People podcast will bring you interesting, inspiring, and compelling stories from people just like you and me. Stories that will inspire you. They'll make you laugh. You'll learn. They might even make you cry. But above all, you will feel connected and closer to the people around you. You may see yourself in these stories. You may feel connected because you share similarities in your own journey. There are rich, interesting stories closer than you think, maybe even yours. Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People. I am Polly Van Duser, your host. Today, my guest on Stories Connect People podcast is the Seeds of Happiness guy, Mark Borella. I found these little clay smiles years ago in an art boutique in California. They're called Seeds of Happiness. I have been giving them to friends and family and people who are special to me, maybe someone that's going through a rough time or just someone who I think needs a smile for years. As Mark says, I'm spreading kindness. Mark Varela is nothing less than amazing. He was overjoyed to be a guest on Stories Connect People podcast. He is the catalyst for millions of smiles getting out into the world, and he shares all the details about how it began. He talks about how he struggled as a young person in school, how with the help of his art teacher, who works for him today, who can say that, helped him grow into an artist, He talks about how his career as a fine artist evolved and how the person that connected he and his wife in high school was key to the seeds of happiness starting. Their friend's son passed away from a terminal illness. Mark had made a few smiles out of some extra clay from his sculpting. That was the first seed given to his friend and the start of a life-changing mission. Kirkwood, Missouri is Mark's home, and the home of the Smile Factory as they call it. You will hear Mark, with all of his love and boundless energy, share how each and every seed is made by hand, every single step. In addition to his Seeds of Happiness team, he also partners with an organization that employs people with disabilities to help in the production. Yet another way the seeds are spreading love. Can you imagine if you wake up every day with a purpose to supply a way for people to connect with others and pass love and kindness all over the world? This is Mark and the Seeds of Happiness team. You will hear him say that it's not about him. It's all about the giver. The giver is the key ingredient. The one who cares enough, loves enough, and thinks of someone else to give them a smile. Mark's love and energy is contagious. He couldn't sit still as we did the interview virtually from the Smile Factory, a place I can't wait to go to one day. Listen now to Mark's story and what is needed to get the seeds ready to do their job. Spread love, happiness, and kindness. Welcome Mark Varela to Stories Connect People podcast hello mark welcome to stories connect people podcast how are you today
1: well i'm awesome thank you for welcoming me polly this is awesome this is one of the funnest parts of my job and never before in my life did i think that somebody would be interviewing me Uh, it it's, it's kind of crazy what's happened
0: well, it is such a joy for me to be interviewing the Seeds of Happiness guy, and um, I know that on your website you have, you know, people's seed stories or Seeds of Happiness stories, so maybe I'll just uh, start for a couple of minutes sharing mine, and then I want you to uh, go into your story and um I'll share um, a little bit of my story about, you know, why I connected with you. And then um, we'll talk just about you and your uh, background. And I want to hear all about how you are uh, sharing the smiles and the love really all over the world. And so um, I, I think it's just so amazing. So my seed story um I was in a little area in a little boutique art store in Laguna Niguel and I ran into these seeds of happiness, these little smiles. So they're like little lumps of clay and I know you're going to talk about that. Um, I saw these and I immediately fell in love with them and so I bought 15 or 20 there and I... Started giving them out, and they started being kind of my thing. <laughs> and so, I went through a difficult time um, going through a divorce um, a while back. And so, I had the seed next to my bed, and I had the seed on my office, on my desk in my office. So it was kind of like I woke up and I saw the seed. I saw the seed um all day on my desk, and then I um, went to bed and saw the seed at night. And so it was just something that has been really special to me. And then, you know, I have given them to friends, um, friends that are going through a difficult time, through to, you know, just people that are important to me. And as a matter of fact, um, the first thing that I gave to my husband um, and my stepdaughter when they got remarried, when when we first met, uh, the first thing that I gave them was one of the little seeds. And so we'd gone out to dinner together and so I gave this to them and then we just loved it so much. And, and so we said we have to have these as our wedding favors. And so at our uh, wedding reception, we gave them um, one to everyone uh, for the favors and, um, you know, since then, I've, I give them every year, or the last couple of years, every day for Lent, and I just really find ways to help spread the love and these smiles, and uh, people really love them. So my friends that have gotten one are going to be so excited that you're a guest today on the podcast. So thank you so, so much for um, just bringing this to life for me. It really, it just means so much.
1: Well, it humbles me. It, you know, one of the hooks that you uh, put out there that... When I was reading your email, when you first approached about doing this, was lint <laughs> giving stuff out for lint?
0: <laughs> yeah, so instead of giving something up, I took something on, and so and I would write a little note with them and put the card and and the seed with them, and so it was my way of you know doing something good versus giving something up. That's
1: awesome, right? I mean, seriously, I and um i was like take it back that's totally something we would do um advent calendars right you know the advent calendars of course oh well, my wife when uh this is before seeds of happiness um when they, when our kids got old enough to where you know you, they had enough little plastic joke you know uh to open them up she started giving the kids assignments assignments she'd write on a little piece of paper and give them a starbucks card and said buy somebody a starbucks coffee oh so instead of the little Advent gifts being about them, it became about them giving to somebody else. You know, some of them were hoping to hold the door open for somebody. And we actually, I, I was so dumbfounded by by the reaction of the kids. They loved it, right? And like I said, this is before the Seeds of Happiness, but we actually took that into another level here and in the on the holiday season, we do twenty five days of giving, and it's where you, there's a little package, and we have assignment cards, and it's just like having an advent calendar that assigns you to do something kind to somebody. And each in the, each piece of kindness that, that the assignment is is to give the smile to somebody.
0: I can't wait for our listeners to hear this because if they haven't thought of that idea for their children, it's like magnificent. It's so creative, and it's not about you. It's all about uh, doing something for another person. And even th- the smallest thing yeah. can make a really big deal. Um,
1: if you are a Christian, that's basically what was taught was you give, you love each other. <laughs> so, And that's what those holidays really are about, right?
0: That's great. Well, I've I've talked and shared a little bit about my story. Why don't you just share a little bit about you and your background, maybe a little bit about your life and then go into what led you to this such amazing you know, love and that you're spreading all over the world.
1: Let's see. So I, I've been fortunate to make a living as a fine artist. I have been, I was educated 100% completely in the 80s. I have um, uh, started high school in the 80s. And in 89, I wrapped up my fourth degree from college. Well, um,
0: and I know your art teacher works for you now. And so you have to make sure that we talk about that because I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, he taught you and now he works for Seeds of Happiness.
1: And it's funny, um, he's a he's a great part of the culture here. So I, the story about the seeds, I, I really, I, I was fortunate to, when I was in college, I started selling artwork and making a living as a fine artist. That really, to make a living as an artist, you have about the same shot of being a professional baseball player or a known, like, rock band. I mean, there's millions out there. So you, there has to be some luck. There has to be a lot of never giving up. A hundred, percent goes into everything. Um, you got to dig down and, and just make it work. And you have to believe in yourself. And one of the things that I tell everybody who is, are trying to get either into arts or get into uh, even their own business is if you don't believe in it, don't do it. And if you stop believing in it, then get out. Because it's going to take you. It's going to take 110 percent of you. You're going to have to work on this stuff till your eyeballs eyeballs bleed. That's what it takes. So, being a, making a living as a fine artist for me, you know, like I said, there had to be some luck in there. You know, people liked my stuff, and I would have shows cross country, and that's I sell paintings, sell sculptures. Um, I was sculpting a lot in the 2000s. So here's why I go back to our education Um, in the 80s, was in middle school, which was in the 70s, my wife and I met.
0: Oh, (laughs) what a story.
1: I taught her how to drive. (laughs) I'm a year older. She's a year younger. And we went to the same middle school, not grade school, but same middle school. High school, we started dating. Um, She was 15. I was 16. There was a key person that put us together. This is a person that we've known, both of us, our entire lives. Now, we didn't know that there was uh, that, that was a mutual friend until high school. You know, doing the high school, hanging out, doing going to the football games, doing whatever. We're in a suburb of St. Louis. It's a small town called Kirkwood. Um, it's a quaint little railroad town from the 1800s, um, westward expansion. Um, get on the train here in Kirkwood. Go west. So we were going to football games and believe it or not, she asked me to a dance that oh. Sadie Hawkins dance is what they call it. It was a reverse.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I said, all right, what time should I pick you up? You know, actually with a lot less confidence. <laughs> so, um, we're hanging out and doing this, that, and the other, the, that mutual friend is, you know, we, it, is in our group of friends. It's a solid group of friends. We're still really close. My wife and I go to college together. We actually were cohabitating <laughs> in school uh, because it was it made sense, you know. Um, in two thousand, I had shows whether it was ph- photography stuff, which you know, photography back then wasn't like an art, and everybody didn't have a camera in their hand back then. <laughs> So I would do photography and have shows. I would paint and have shows. Um, I I paint uh, kind of like Pizarro, um, who was really one of like Van Gogh's mentors, you know, one of the Impressionist mentors. Um, I I've, people have told me that my entire life too, since I was a kid, that oh, you paint like Van Gogh. Well, it's actually it's more like like you said, like the guy who taught me, <laughs> but. So in 2004, the friend of ours that put us my wife and I together, who, by the way, still is my best friend. Can't wait to go home and see her every night.
0: Oh, what is her name? Tracy. Tracy. B-R-A-C-I. Hi, Tracy.
1: Hi. <laughs> uh, my.
0: We're talking about you.
1: <laughs> I have uh, two daughters, uh, Delaney and Nikki. Uh so it's it's Laney and Nikki. And uh Nikki, believe it or not, in this day and age is works in a viral lab at Washington University. Oh well. Wow. She's studying to be a virologist. <laughs> a word that we didn't hear before. That. No. And um and Laney's still in college. So um through we, we survived raising the kids and we're basically on our own again. And it's enjoyable. I mean, she's still my best friend in the world.
0: I love it. So who put you together? Who introduced you?
1: Okay. So this friend of ours um, in 2004, her son, who was six years old, was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. It was a death sentence. Uh, They've come a long way. uh, But that was basically, she calls us and said, asked us to come over, and we were sitting there, and they told us. Dawson's sick. Um, he has neuroblastoma. He has, like, a 10% chance of living. So I was trying to make them a piece of art. Now, I, I've never been a loss for words. I've never understood writer's block or create creative block, because I tell you what, I can look at a brick and make it something creative about it. Um, but I had a tough time with this one. I was, um, I was close to it, you know, and, and I was trying to make something that would represent their son because we knew he was going to go away. How do you do that? So I struggled as I was working on something in clay, I had, you know, I, I w- had made a couple smiles, fired them and glazed them. And I put them in a little bowl and they sat over here in the studio, um, for two years. Oh. So Dawson was going through treatments. And he thought it was like hilarious when everybody would lose their hair. You know, we have a team that we raise. We're part of an organization that raises like millions of dollars for uh, ch- uh, to fight against childhood cancer, and we all shave our heads every year. And, you know, but one night, her dad calls and said, this "Is it? They uh, this is they want they want you to come to the house and say goodbye." And it's about a half hour drive, maybe 40 minute drive. What do you do? What do you say? You know, I, I, I it's dumbfounding. I mean, I, what you don't want to say the wrong thing. I mean, I'm driving out to their house. I turned around three times because I didn't want to go and do something wrong or say something wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mustered up the energy to get out there. And before I left, I grabbed a uh, handful of smiles that I had made uh, from, that bowl. I blew the dust off of it, literally off of the smiles. And I went out there and I, I was standing in the kitchen and talking to them. And I was like, you know, there's nothing I can do or say to make anything better. I made you a handful of smiles. Maybe you can hold on to these until you find your smile or get your smile back. And they were like, oh my God, what do you call them? And I kind of was like, uh, seeds of happiness. Well, they go through the whole funeral and it's horrible. I don't know if you've been to a kid's funeral, but they're not. It's awful. Well, about yeah. About a week later, I kinda she reached out to me a little Now, not a lot. You know, just she just reached out to me just to kind of let me know that she was there, right? And um month goes by, she calls me and she says, Listen, I haven't been able to get out of bed. I have, um, everything Everything for the last month has been a blur. All I remember is that you gave me the, the, the seed of happiness. Um, I have had it in my hand. John's had his, his in his pocket. I have taken showers with it. I've eaten with it. I've slept with it.
0: It hasn't left me.
1: Um, you need to do this for other people, not just me. I... Okay, well... You know, the time goes by and it kind of sinks in. And so that's where the story on the back of the card picks up, where I would actually start taking the leftover clay and I would, at the end of the day, make smiles out of the leftovers, you know, instead of putting them in recycle. And uh, so I always had, I don't know, a couple hundred smiles then in the studio and I would give them away. If somebody needed them or if I was thinking of somebody sometimes, I just like drop them off in their mailbox and and I used to write the story out. I would, believe it or not, this is age thing. I would Xerox them. <laughs> <laughs> so I would go up to the grocery store and hit with a Xerox machine, <laughs> you know, and I'd copy them. And I would put them in a little Ziploc bag with the story, you know. And I'd, I, if somebody lost somebody or was going through something tough, or like I said, sometimes it would just be on the way home. And I would sometimes just randomly give somebody something, you know, just a random act. I mean, it's complete stranger um i remember one time a gal fell she was walking uh it was an older gal and i stopped and i picked you know helped her get up and made sure she was okay and she said i'm fine god. thanks for help for stopping and i gave her a smile and said here's a seat of happiness you know it, i make them and i give them out you know and it well she's been in here hundreds of times you know?
0: oh my god
1: um for me what started happening was the kind of like the dopamine and started releasing in my brain when I was making other people happy. And then you, with that, the oxytocin and the serotonin, they kick in. The, the oxytocin is like the hug drug where you...
0: I'm missing the hug drug from people right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: Being, I'm such a hugger.
1: Like we actually have uh, on our website where you can send somebody a smile with a handwritten note that we'll, from you. You know, we'll handwrite it. And we'll send it to people. And it, we call those a kindness kits there's one actually it's two seeds it's one for you to keep and one for you to wait till everything's better where you can give it out to your friend that you haven't seen
0: well i love that so much and when we connected a couple of days ago scheduling this you shared that that you recommend that people do that and i'm like how have i not thought of that and so it's going to be my new thing to uh you know give two so that they can keep one that someone can keep one and and give one away and so next year for lent that's that's a must
1: so th- there was a convergence of of facebook adults getting on facebook i and i say adults like people like 40 years old you know
0: us old people
1: uh um, yeah, me getting on facebook and these kind of getting pushed out into the world by other people. Cause that's kind of what I started doing was I would give them, What I realized how it was making me feel. I started, instead of giving them one or two, I would give them, you know, like five. And I would say, give these out, see what happens. You know? Well, people were like, Holy moly. Are you kidding me? So Facebook starts talking about them, my friends, you know, and then people start taking pictures of them. And I don't know who these people are. So I had about a thousand of them out in the world, and people, and this is kind of creepy about the whole internet thing people would all of a sudden were calling me. So they'd found my phone number, not the studio number, but my personal number. And they would ask, they would say, I want the little artwork. And I would say, well, Where are you? And they'd say, I'm in Florida or Texas. And I would think, God, do I have an art show hanging? And I I don't think I do. Well, what what are you talking about? And they say the little smiles.
0: So you're doing all this other artwork and everyone's loving the little lumps of clay that have a smile on them.
1: So so I kind of put together a little website and um, I just kind of started making them and I, you know what I, I would have on art show and I would take them to the art shows too and I would put a bowl of them out and people would take them and by then I had to look and I tell you what my wife tracy is a she's a, a buyer and uh back in up until you know the internet really took over she was a print buyer specifically she would buy time in magazines or or she would buy times on printing presses for catalogs to print or billboards or whatever and she works for an advertising agency uh, one of her printers offered to print the cards out for us and he printed ten thousand cards and I thought, Oh my god, I'll never go through these. Well now that we do that we haven't printed by the half a millions because we we go through ten thousand cards a week.
0: So have you kept track of how many smiles you've made and sold?
1: Oh, I've got a guess, you know, but
0: what's your what's your guess? Millions?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well So we we push out about forty thousand pieces a month. So we've been I've been doing this since two thousand and six. And I wasn't doing forty thousand pieces before, but so if you kinda back into the math, you know, it's it's a lot.
0: (laughs) And every single one is made by
1: hand. Handmade, hand painted,
0: handmade, handmade. So I think this is so important. Handmade. Yeah. Hand painted.
1: So they're hand glazed. So that means they get hand get hand glazed so they get they get three coats of paint basically so everything every sunflower seed every pumpkin seed every little is all glazed and cut in and they all get three coats and you know is it's not like paint it's kind of opaque and it's you know there's all the little handmade flaws which are which make the charm you know
0: Oh, I love, I love it when there's one that's like unique or it has a, like a darker spot or.
1: <laughs> so that's what, uh, so, so what I started, started working with a sheltered workshop. So here's the process. I, I buy, um, thirty eight thirty eight hundred 3,800 pounds of clay a month. All right. Now remember we make these little balls, right? Um, I send the clay over to a, a fulfillment house that employs handicapped people. And depending on what project I have in their house, we employ two to 20 people. These are people that would not get out of their house. They would not um, have basically a sense of purpose. They would, uh, they don't know really what the meaning of a dollar is. It's not about that. It's about them having something to do. And these people, are so excited to go to work and especially if they're on seeds of happiness's project because they're making smiles you know
0: I i read about it on the website and i loved it so much because you are giving a greater purpose to people with disabilities and the work that they're doing is helping you to be able to spread these smiles all over the world and I can imagine that if they get assigned to working on the smiles, they're pro- probably ecstatic about it.
1: And it's kind of, we have our own studio over there. So it's kind of like a reward system when they get to go because They do a lot of, um, like I said, fulfillment stuff where they'll put stuff in bags or, and you know, it depends. Some people are are very handicapped and some people are very functional, you know, but they, they strive to be on our project. Um, it's canterbury enterprises they're here in st louis um it's a great organization charlie fisher is the guy who runs it and he has the biggest heart that you've ever seen in your life so one of the things that they do for us the main project that they have it's daily is they take the clay and make it into balls okay now i used to they create the balls for us they come over here and they're in trays and I make the smiles out of the balls. Um, I give them a little bit of a pinch and put a little flat bottom on them. They set up, they dry. Uh, so they're hand, hand sculpted. So they set up, they dry for a couple of days. They go in the kiln and they're fired to almost 2000 degrees, which is like a bisque fire. It's, uh, you know, our little smiles. So each one, everything gets three coats. Then, they go back to Canterbury, and Canterbury puts what's called a footing on them. Now, the footing really is taking the glaze off so that they don't stick to the kiln shelf. So we put them back in the kilns. They can't touch. They're lined up like little soldiers, and they're fired again to 2,000 degrees. Then it takes a couple days to cool. They come out of the kilns, and we inspect each one. The glaze is glass, so we make sure that it won't cut you. We make sure that they that it's not something weird. And we make sure they're just quirky enough. And there's just enough of positive energy and love that goes into them. And then we get them out into the world. They get a little inspection stamp on the bottom. They go up, they go up front. After we've checked, to make sure that there's enough positive energy and love in them. And uh, we have two buildings. Uh, one of them in the back is a studio. That's where I am right now. The front building is where they do business on um, And after they're up front, then they hand package them, hand ship them, and they go out into the world and they do their job.
0: They do do their job. They have such an important job. The Smiles have such an important job.
1: So in the ingredients uh, of, of the whole project, um, we have clay. We have love, we have glaze, we have positive energy, we have a key ingredient, and the key ingredient to the recipe of Seeds of Happiness is the giver, the one who cares enough, the one who loves enough, the one who thinks of people and gives them to others. That is the key ingredient, and that is what has made these go all over the world, not me. I'm just a part of it. Used to be about me. Now I'm just a part of it. I just make them and I supply a way for people to connect with kindness. <laughs> How humbling is that?
0: I mean, I'm just I'm, uh, I I'm just about to cry listening to you. Listening to you share this. It's because you are so humble and you and in the Seeds of Happiness team, you're doing all of the work, but you say it's not about you at all. It's it's about the giver, and I and I completely I completely agree with that.
1: Well, it is without a doubt. The fortunate thing about being and I didn't give myself the Seeds of Happiness guy kind of name. Oh, there was a person at an art show, and they were like, hey, "Seeds of Happiness guy," you know, and I was like, so I started being noticed that, and I'm like, well, it's not the worst thing people have called me so. It's going to stick. It did stick. So really, it's uh, without that person in the middle, it, this doesn't happen. And I am fortunate enough, to I get to hear the stories. I get to hear your story. And I then try and share the stories back with our community. And our community is a big, strong community. And all of the people in our community are, are, have the, the same mindset. They're kind people who have received these and then turned around to give them um, because they, they, they want to share. And, and, you know, most of the people don't even know about the dopamine, you know, <laughs> that, that it makes them feel good, you know, that they're helping others. And it's amazing how simple it is and how powerful it is. The stories I get are unbelievable. I, I tell you what, I can't walk through an airport without somebody coming up to me and saying. Really? I have one of your smiles. I, I mean, for the last 10 years.
0: People, people recognize you?
1: All over the world. Um, I, all over the world. So I'll, I, I, but in the airports, people come up to me. Now, it, tens of thousands of people, right? Um, have come up to me and say, I have one of your smiles. And I ask them, where is it? Everybody says where it is. Then I ask them who gave it to you, and not one person has ever said I don't know. So this is like a three-dimensional greeting card, but nobody gets rid of it. Everybody keeps their smiles, and they keep them because of the person who gave them to them, not because I made it. Right? <laughs> that person was thinking about them. They know who gave it to them, and it's usually sitting in their kitchen, on their desk, on you know, on the coffee pot, is wherever next to the bed. A lot of people say they wake up with a smile every day.
0: then my husband's is sitting next to the one that I gave him. is It's it's, uh, it's on the nightstand, so he sees it every morning. Sometimes I'll move it around, like if I'm going out of town or something for work, because I travel sometimes for work. I'll move it, like set it on top of his wedding ring or something mm-hmm. like that.
1: <laughs> Put a use a wedding ring as a halo. <laughs>
0: I've done that.
1: We get stories about people telling us that about people losing their smiles and turning the houses upside down oh so i i have millions of stories um and the emails the social media uh which is very active um our emails are it's sometimes it's hard for me to get to everybody too you know
0: well i am so just blessed and thankful that you returned my (laughs) <laughs> my message that I sent because I was like, okay, I'm just, I I want to interview him so bad. I'm just going to send it. <laughs> my friend, my friend, Allison, who I took her podcast uh, program, she is going to be so proud of me.
1: <laughs> I see that's humbling to me. I mean, I'm like touched, you know, that.
0: I want to hear about your art teacher that you, um, that now works for you. I think this is such a special story because Who in the world can say that they work with their high school teacher? No one. No one can say that. And so I think that is such a special connection that you have.
1: Okay. Oh, you wouldn't believe it, right? You would not believe it. So 1st the the uh, talking about the stories that we get, all right? They're potent. They make me cry, all right? Every day. I mean, you think you get numb to them, and I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting to get numb to the stories. Because I still ball, you know, to a point that I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be this guy.
0: <laughs> you know? Oh, you should totally be the guy. There is no one else that could be the seeds of happiness, guy.
1: Well, here's here's a story, and and, and I will land the plane with my teacher. Here, all right, when it comes... <laughs> Okay. All right. So when the stories are face to face, that's when they're the most difficult, right? That's where the emotion is. You can feel it. You can see it, and it is a it's dumbfounding still to me how powerful these little smiles are but like i said it's not because it's a it's not even because it's a smile it's because it's something that the giver is giving the person who cares the lover, it right um okay so i'm in atlanta i'm
0: from atlanta
1: at a show and a girl's about 16 i'm standing outside and when i'm doing the shows you know i sign stuff and and uh I, I generally just talk so uh, we're at a show and this girl about 16 i'm gonna say 17 years old she walks up to me and she taps on the table and where the smiles were sitting and she said these are important and in my best dad voice i said well tell me why you know and she said all right this is tough but i can do this i was literally not figuratively on a bridge I'm walking to the bridge. I'm going to jump off the bridge. I'm going to end my life. Complete stranger stops their car, gets out of their car, traffic backs up, runs over, and says, You look like you could use a smile. Now, to this person, I was walking on the bridge. They had no idea what was going through my mind. They get back in their car and they drive away. And I look at her and I go, We call those drive by smilings, you know? So she said, uh, I looked at the smile and I read the card and I thought, well, here's a sign. So I walked down straight through our little town and went right to my mom, who was standing in, the, in our kitchen, told her what I was going to do. She took me to the doctor. I had acne real bad. The doctors put me on Ac- Accutane and birth control. She said there was a bad mix with the chemicals in my brain and it was telling me to do bad things. She said, I'm here because you made that. And I went, who was the guy in the car? But she said, I don't know. Doesn't matter. You made it. I'm here. She turned around and walked away. I've been trying to find that girl ever since. Wow. So I grew up, all right? uh, I grew up in, like I said, this kind of small town outside St. Louis. In, In the 70s and 80s, you were either smart, you were either lazy, or you were dumb, and I happen to be dumb and lazy, according to everybody. <laughs> so um, I managed to get through. Um, I, I managed to get through grade school, get through middle school, and I get to high school, and I know that I'm in trouble. You know, I can I can barely read. I still have problems reading today. Um, so, and believe it or not, I'm proud of it because I can read. <laughs> um that's a whole nother talk though that's to the education system and there is a reason i uh actually have horrible decoding issues that they didn't know existed back in, mm-hmm. in the 70s and eighties. um and i know this now because i did my own education on it because i have my own kids i did not, not want them to experience what i experienced was a miserable uh education you know meaning miserable um Emotionally, you know, and it was because I tried and tried and tried and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, but I was smart enough to figure out the system and get through to high school. And I go to high school and the first year, there's a brand new teacher teaching there and uh, he's teaching art and I'm thinking, well, I can take art and pass art, right? So um, I take his class and he is... Uh, i guess i'm trying to keep this pg but i don't know how he is a jackass <laughs> and uh oh my god he's still a jackass and we love him yeah uh-huh. you know? so he um he started seeing that i was struggling in school and he's like you know, you know i gotta be here mark uh after school for an hour why don't you bring your homework and i'll help you know and he did um and you know I, I was getting through you know it, it was difficult i was having problems um with my academics and he's helping me the whole time you know with my homework and like I said, he's brand new he he had a bachelor's degree so he's not really that much older than me you know it's it, it, it when you're a student your teachers are old people no matter what right it doesn't matter how you know, I mean, they're old so and if they're really old, then they're like hundreds of years old, (laughs) you know? Um, so, so he's helped me with my homework and he's kind of softly teaching me how to draw and teaching me how to paint and teaching me how to sculpt. And he's a potter and he was teaching me how to throw on the wheel. And he, my junior year, he says, you know, um, I'm going to go back And I'm going to get my master's degree. I think we can probably test you out of these classes. I'll call your parents, see if I can pick you up. And uh, you can take these college classes with me and get college credit. And you can probably ease into school. You know, and I'm like, I'm not going to go to college. I'm not smart enough. And he was like, you know, honestly, they just don't teach the way your brain thinks. Your brain thinks completely. You're not dumb. Now, I've had people tell me I was dumb my entire academic existence and by the teachers that's how they taught they didn't know you know, they didn't teach out of kindness or love they they taught out of fear i mean they slapped you you know whatever you know would you, you didn't.
0: none of which would be acceptable today
1: oh yeah yeah but it was you know how they were taught to, to teach so he tells me you know you're not dumb and my parents are wonderful people they are like i, I grew up in like ward cleaver's family you know, but they, they're awesome. And it was just, I, I guess I was good at covering it all, you know, because they didn't know. They didn't know there was issues. I would do my homework and they would help me and I would go in and you know, they would ask me, why did you get a D on this test? We tested you. You knew every answer, you know, and I, I don't know, you know, and they probably figured I was lazy, you know, just didn't take the time to read it. Whatever. But my parents are wonderful people. They're still here. Oh. I've worked with my dad by my side for 30 years. Um, it's been a blessing, you know. Um, it's not a family business, but he, <laughs> he, is, uh, he is a graphic designer, so he's also an artist. Um, That's great. And we've been able to work side by side. Although, when I was in college, he did say, what are you going to do, be a sculptor for real, you know? I was like, I thought I was, you know, he was like, you need to get a job. <laughs> um, he's probably,
0: they're probably just blown away by your success.
1: Are you kidding me? He's just like, he, he's retired now and he comes in just to see if he can help. Uh, you know, he does all of our graphic, you know, and so he does everything that goes to print. I mean, it's, it's spectacular. So, I mean, I'm blessed, right? My mom's creative. Um, she's very supportive, you know, and always was. But anyway, so education-wise, I kind of you know, pulled the wool over their eyes. Um, Dave calls, Dave, Mr. Spagoza calls um, Calls my parents. It's they, I test out of these classes. He picks me up on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. It wasn't, you know, anything that was like weird back then. You could do that because, you know, now that would be weird. You know, and he he still teaches every once in a while. And he said he can't do that anymore. It would be unacceptable, which is unfortunate, you know. Um, So I started taking these classes with him. And we did this for two years, junior and senior year. And he didn't, without us knowing, me or my parents, he was photographing my artwork. He was creating a portfolio. He knew academically I was not going to be able to be looked at at a school, uh, uh, go to a college. Or they were not going to look at me academically. They would not even, I didn't even take the SAT or ACT classes. I because mean, I, I knew I couldn't go to college. Well, he starts sending my portfolio out to all these contests, like national contests, or contests, and I won a great big one. Well, wow. and it was a national contest. Um, I was able to pick whatever school I wanted. There was hundreds of them that came to me. Wow. Um, I then uh, chose a school that was an academic school, not just an art school, because Tracy, because my wife, wanted to go to an academic school. So we go to school, um, and I go through, and the dumb kid that uh, couldn't, Figure out where Missouri was on the map and got scolded by my fifth grade teacher and was told that I was stupid. Ends up four degrees later, <laughs> wow. graduating. You know, for, with four four degrees. So I wasn't the dumb kid, and I had one person believe in me and help me, and that was Dave Spaguza. Um I tell him every day, thank you, and I tell him that that little girl would not have survived. She might have jumped off that bridge. Had he not been there to support me, so that I could actually come up with this, because we touch each other's lives in such a degree that you, that we don't even know. So had he,
0: I loved that he believed so much in you as a young person to invest this time and see your uh, see your gift that you had, and that he um, pushed you to evolve that.
1: Well, like I said, she wouldn't be here because he he wouldn't have taken the time with me, right? It's a little minor, little degrees of separation, you know? And you say talent. I say, um, no, I did not have a talent. I, I learned it. It was purposeful practice. It was 110%. He taught me. I struggled. I did not know how to draw. I did not know how to do any of this stuff. I learned it. And that's about 999% of the people out there, if they look at somebody who is an artist and they say, oh my God, you're so talented, it's really, it's not that easy. They learn it. Uh, You have your prodigies, just like you have your math prodigies. Mm -hmm. People who can write a poem that have never read a poem. Um, You have your people that come out of their mom's womb with a paintbrush you know i know one of them he was kind of like we were good friends but he used to make me so mad because he would just sit down and draw an assignment and i would be struggling with an eraser for hours you know um and he is the most talented artist that i have ever seen in my life is bud labdell william Lobdell. you know look his stuff up it's incredible
0: i will look him up
1: um I, i'm in awe of his stuff but so the art is learned now fast forward um i have an idea that i want to make start your day with a smile mugs all right i want them hand thrown and i'm not a potter That was something i was forced to do i just didn't enjoy it and do it but oh my god you know I, I might rather read a spreadsheet which i can't do that <laughs> i just don't enjoy it so uh dave's a potter. mr spagooz is a potter um and he was retired now his first year at Kirkwood High School, which is where we went to school, he had me. His last year when he retired, he had my daughter. Oh, so he went in with a umbrella and went out with a umbrella. <laughs> That's so great. So he uh, he's retiring, and he had followed what I was doing because you know what? Honestly, what he says and what what his wife says is having a, um, having a professional artist as an art teacher is kind of like being the, the baseball coach and your, one of your kids plays professionally. So you, you watch them, you know, you, you take pride in it and they would watch. He's retiring and we're, I, I, I call him and I'm like, what are you gonna do? He's like, I don't know. I was like, do you have a studio? Where you, you, got, you can't stop working? You know, you, you don't, you're not gonna have the, the high school studio what are you going to do? he's like, I don't know. I was like, look, I'll build you a studio in my studio. If you will come and work it. And he throws all the vessels, hand makes them. I sit down there with him and I put the smiles on him, finish them while he's putting the handles on him. And I thank him every day to a point that he's like, Oh my God, would you stop? You know, stop thinking me.
0: <laughs> I don't have a coffee mug. I am going to order a coffee mug. <laughs> uh, I am going to get one for me and my stepdaughter, Sarah. And so that we have a Seeds of Happiness coffee mug. As soon as I get finished with this, I'm going to put an order in.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, um, he is, like I said, he's a character, right? I mean, I could draw him as a cartoon character, you know. I mean, his personality I could draw, you know. And he has become such a big part of this place, you know, because, because he's kind of a jackass, you know, but he's a huggable jackass. <laughs>
0: he's a lovable, he's a lovable jackass is what you're saying.
1: Oh my God, without a doubt. And he has a huge heart, you know. Now when I ask him and his wife, uh, he his wife says to me, in 30 years of teaching, 35 years of teaching, he's, she said, one hand is how many kids he had, you know, and that's how many he really... Saw to invest in after 30 years of teaching. He was like, there's about five of them that he said had it. And like I said, he was giving us credit. I don't know if I was one of them actually. He was giving the students credit because he taught, you know. But I think it was that 110% that he saw in these five students. Um, And he is a kind of an icon in the town, you know, because everybody had him. You had to have art, you know. And he would push your buttons, you know, on purpose. So funny thing, too, is I went to the same article that he did. So when I got down there, like I said, he wasn't that much older. So the the teachers that were teaching the professors were his professors.
0: That's interesting.
1: (laughs) Uh, So It's awesome. Like I said, we touch people's lives. We can touch their, their lives with kindness. You know, it rubs off, you know, and it's amazing how... We, with simple acts, profoundly affect people, and in the future, you never know. Without even knowing, by opening a door for somebody, you might have saved somebody's life in the future, you know?
0: You might have saved someone's life, just like you talked about with a girl on the bridge. That's exactly right. What is next for Seeds of Happiness? Do you, is there something that you're looking to do that you haven't yet, or? Oh, well. Unless it's, unless it's, like, prop- proprietary or <laughs> where you can't share it.
1: Well, so I do, I come out with new smile artwork every so often. It is a surprise. I do limited editions. So if you're part of our our, our social media family, you get to see when we, we let you know first. Then our emails go out, and our emails we can reach a lot of people. The family that we have, and there's some people that know that we release products on Friday, and and they they will start looking at like six in the morning, and they'll keep looking and refreshing and refreshing, and then.
0: Well, I feel like that I'm on the inside uh, and have the inside scoop now because I didn't. Oh, the only things I have are the little, uh, the little clay lumps. I I need to expand my seeds of happiness. Um, so
1: I played off the seed theme because I obviously I don't sit still. You just told me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, we're recording this on video, and he's standing up, moving the entire time, and so I'll have to work that in my introduction. If if there's any noise, you'll know why. <laughs>
1: since i can't sit still started taking and playing on the seed theme at first so the first seeds that i did that were not just smiles were pumpkin seeds for october uh, i did sunflower seeds you know which is a little smile with a flower flowers are big i do a bunch of daisy different daisy seeds different flower seeds throughout the summer uh they all collate with the the season. I do holiday happiness is what I call it. I have trees that are made of just smiles uh, that light up. Santa, seeds, man, we, big, big snowman pollen. Um, we do ornaments, you know, anything that, that you can put a smile on. Um, t-shirts. We have a bunch of apparel. It's So really anything that uh, is kind of just any holiday, any promotion, you know, we do or any day that, that you would consider birthdays, whatever. We do, you know, different forms of smiles. Um, I have a dog that comes to the studio. It's a bone retriever. His name is Munch, after Edward Munch, who, the guy who created the scream. Um, so I did little, little pocket puppies that were, you know.
0: I saw those. They're the cutest.
1: Well, the cat people came out of the woodwork, so now I... <laughs>
0: Now you got to make the cat, make the cat, make the cat people happy too.
1: Uh, so I, I do, and some of them, I don't bring them back a visit one time. You know, I'll do a limited edition that's one time. Um, sometimes they're numbered. Everything comes, everything we make comes with a story card. I have something actually that I'm working on right now that will be a sellout in minutes. Doesn't matter how many I make either.
0: Well, I'm going to be on the lookout for that.
1: Every September, I do a daisy and i started with the yellow daisy festival and uh i would do a custom one that was a numbered for them um and now it's have moved to just the daisies aren't numbered anymore uh, these this year's daisies each one like last year was the 50 year anniversary of woodstock so i did like the brady bunch you know <laughs> you know the the colored hippie daisy yes um And this year, believe it or not, I'm paying homage to Dr. Seuss, and I'm doing uh, You Belong in the Zoo. I don't know if you remember that book. That was one of my favorites, and it was not one that people remember, but it was a character who didn't look like an elephant, didn't look like any... He was his own animal, and he had spots all over him, and spots changed colors, and he didn't know where he belonged, and he thought he belonged in the zoo, and... He found out where he belonged because there was a place for him and everybody, mm. which Dr. Seuss was brilliant at. Yes, you know he was the the racial divides, everything. He was brilliant. Sneeches, starbelling, you know, and then what the end of the book had mm-hmm. was them all mixed up because we're all just people, right?
0: We're all just people, right?
1: We're all just sneeches. <laughs>
0: Well, Mark, your story has just been so inspiring. And Stories Connect People podcast is all about spotlighting people that are interesting, inspiring, and uplifting. Uh, If our listeners wanted to um, follow you or or connect um, or or visit your website, um, tell us how to connect with Seeds of Happiness.
1: Sure. Well, Seeds of Happiness dot com. That's the website and we have a it's kind of a cool website um, there's some interactive stuff all the social media stuff is flowing through it um, our instagram is pretty big thing for us and facebook is hardcore for us and we have a uh, hardcore people who like i said uh, connecting with kindness is what that is that's my slogan you know that's what we're doing with connecting with kindness whether it's your own or with
0: well, I loved the Facebook campaign that you all did, where people were putting their smiles and showing their smiles in different places in different ways um, at home during COVID. That was so creative.
1: <laughs> well, that was something uh, started out. What do we do, right? Uh, everything, everybody's scared, and I had had a little bit of insight with my daughter being, you know, working where she works, and. She, Her idea, actually, she said, Dad, you need to jump out. You need to you know, take a lead in this. And so I painted the world first. I was trying to let everybody know we will get through this as a people, but we have to do it together. And I kind of tried to help people be occupied and just be there forever. Um, it was amazing how people reached out to people. Uh, We have a Facebook group that if you ask for any ideas, if you want a recipe, you know, there is thousands of people on this Facebook group page that will interact with you. You know, that's the amazing thing for me is that there's a community of people that have gotten together and been together because they want to make other people happy, you know.
0: Well, you are certainly creating a great way for people to spread happiness, spread love, spread kindness and um to other people. You make it really easy for them to do. They just have to they just have to do it. And so um the message on the cards are great. And I'll post that in the show notes as well as several other things that we've talked about today. Um Mark, I mean, I've almost cried two or three times talking to you, listening to your story. <laughs> I know that our listeners are going to love your story so much as well. And I wanted to thank you for um, sharing all of that today on Stories Connect People podcast. It's just been just been a pleasure. And I say I'm going to see you one day because seeing the Seeds of Happiness studio is on my bucket list. And so when I make it to Missouri, so I want to see the Smile Factory. And so... Um, Mark, thank you so much for everything and for being so generous with your time and so just sharing with your stories. It's been just beyond my expectations, so it's been amazing.
1: Polly, it's, like I said, it's you're the you're the one making the difference. You know, you're the one that's getting the word out, and you're the one that's sharing them. You know, I'm I'm just a part of it. You know, it's it's you guys that are really making a difference in the world. So thank you for that.
0: Thank you for listening to Stories Connect People podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, listen, rate, or share with others. I look forward to being with you next time on Stories Connect People podcast.